Hey everybody, this is Blake with Marvel.com, and I have a legend sitting next to me for this episode of the podcast. Just introduce yourself, sir, and we'll, well go from there. Well, I am a legend. <laughs> uh, my actual name is Legend Paul Reiser, <laughs> but for legal reasons, I dropped the legend. I have, it's, it's tough, I, I've interviewed so many people, but you have so many great things that you've done in your career that I don't know where to start. Start at birth. All right. <laughs> Okay, I, guess, uh, I got nothing to do today, so we can we can take our time. Um, I gotta I gotta say, I mean, obviously, mad about you. I guess people know you from the most. Sure, but I mean, I lo- Bye Bye Love is a great film that I don't think gets the credit. Wow, you surprised me that there. it deserves. Now, why did now you when that came out, you were a young man. Yeah, I, I you know what I often hear Bye Bye Love that people uh, divorced guys mm-hmm. really that hit home for them, understandably. But now you were seven. I saw it later, probably <laughs> when I was in college, and I think the your relationship with your daughter in the film mm-hmm. kind of like my dad says we, he, me and him kind of went at it. Yeah, yeah so okay. It kinda like oh, it, cool. It, well, it, it was yeah. a great film. There was uh, some nice stuff in there. That was uh, Eliza Dushku. Yeah, right, right, right. I grew up to be Eliza Dushku. And then uh, the thing about my folks is a great film. Well, thank too. you. I'll go there. Um, I, you directed that, right? I didn't direct it. I wrote it. Wrote it. Okay. I wrote it, and uh, I wrote it for Peter Falk who was my hero, and and uh, the greatest day was when he said uh, he would do it. He said, let's do this. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so you're one of the, because uh, there's 300 people who have seen the film, and, and now I've met another one. It's a one. shame, because it is a great Thank film you, to man. watch. That, that was, that was a, uh, a labor of love that I had been playing with in my head for years, and I only, I only wanted to do it with Peter Falk. Mm-hmm. And I, at one point, got smart and went, you know, he's not going to live forever. And I was running out of people who could even play my phone. <laughs> so, uh, and so I wrote it for him, and, and that was the only reason. The only reason I wrote it, because I wanted to be in a movie with Peter Falk where he played my father. And we got to do that was one of the uh, highlights of my life. Were you friendly before this? Or no, you... with him? No, mm-hmm. no. I, I, I'd met him once. Uh, it was interesting. I, I had it in my head for a long time, and I'd put it away, and, I would, and I'd say, oh, I'll get to it. And then I went to see him in a play, a little 200-seat theater in L.A. He did a play, and I went backstage, and I, we had met, so I knew he would know him. And I hadn't yet written it, and he just said, uh, he said, oh, I love everything you do. I said, oh, Jim. <laughs> he goes, now listen to me. I love, I love what you act. I love what you write. And he looks at me very poignantly, like, did you hear that? And I went, does he know? And he did not know. He goes, I love what you write. I went, oh, geez, okay. I, you're not going to get a more clear sign from the heavens than Peter telling you. So I didn't tell, I, didn't, I, I figured if I said, that's so funny, Peter, because I'm thinking of writing something. His only <laughs> response could be, well, then go friggin' write it. Uh, so I went off and wrote it and, and gave it to him, and he said, let's go do it. So that was, and, and he was everything that I, I dreamed of, and, and he was as funny and as beautiful. It was a beautiful performance, and that's what, what um, disappointed me most. And I always tell people, never mind that, uh, you know, that I'm in it or that I worked on it, or go see Peter's performance, because I think it was one of, if not his last performances, mm-hmm. one of his last, and he was so gorgeous in it. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, recently, Whiplash did really well, yeah. too. Yeah, that was that was a sweet movie that, uh, you know, once in a while you get a script and you go, well, this is going to be great, and then you never know if it's going to actually make, you know, and become, I knew it would be good, but I don't know if it would get seen, and that movie was a wonderful experience because it, it actually thread the needle so Precisely, it went to Sundance and it opened Sundance and it won the uh, you know the audience award and it got seen by everybody ultimately and uh, you know I, I was in it just a, a little bit I was just enough not to tank the whole movie I just want to just be in it but it didn't hurt the film and 
and it was an extraordinary. Damien Chazelle, who was, was 26 when he wrote and directed that, which is irritating. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, he was just like six months into Solid Foods. That's how young he was. <laughs> I gotta mention too. You have the show. Uh, it's like the Hulu show. I'm forgetting what it's. Called. It's Amazon Red Oaks. Amazon, yeah. Yeah, Red Oaks is mm-hmm. uh, which we're gonna go make a second season this summer, and I guess it'll be on in the fall of 2016. Was going into that direction different than just making another series, or was it kind of the um, same thing? Or you know, it's it it's it's a strange. It it felt. I had never done. Um, it felt. I had never done a show like that where you, you, they shoot them all and then they, you know, put them out all at the same time. So it really felt like a movie, and you mm-hmm. just, you know, and you show up and you're, you're shooting it as a movie schedule. You know, you're doing a scene here and a scene there, and uh, and that's the fun thing about these new ten episode things that you can sit down and binge watch. It really, they're like a five hour movie, you know, and and they're. It changes the way you write them too. You, that you don't have to have big act breaks, you know, the half point, and you don't have to have necessarily have a, a uh, you know a cliffhanger at the end to get you to next week. It's like, well, we're just going to watch them all, relax, mm-hmm. and so it lets you go a little deeper and, and approach it differently. But as an actor, it's you know, it, it's 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 always the same. That you're going and you're working with, in this case, you know, great scripts and really fun people. That are, in uh, it's it's it takes place in 1985, country club uh, in New York suburbs, and there are people in it that like Richard Kind, who's so funny, he kills me, and he's great in this. And I he he and I worked together on Mad About You for years. And Jennifer Grey I knew, and uh, Freddie Roman, who's an old comic buddy of mine, who's in it, and I love him to death. But the cast of guys who I'd never met before, Ennis Esmer and Craig Roberts and, and uh, uh, Oliver Cooper, is really funny, talented people. So it's a really great project. And, and you know, Steven Soderbergh is the producer, so you go in knowing that it's going to have a certain oh, yeah. quality mm-hmm. to it. Yeah, you can't get wrong with him. Um, I want to mention, too, well, Jennifer Grey, her husband Clark is like our big star, um, Clark Gregg. He's on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. See, I He's, don't know uh, that. Mm-hmm. Look what I'm learning. Yeah. This is like a tutorial for He's me. He's our big TV star, yeah. Now, I have not seen all the Marvel movies. Am <laughs> Get I in, out. Am I in any of them? Because <laughs> You've been I, in everything else. I'm really? Because I, I, I would know if I was. But I'd like to, you know, who's to say that I couldn't wear like a little spandex I'm suit into that. and jump yeah. off buildings? <laughs> yeah, but a lot fun. of times I, I wear something like that, like a little Spider-Man outfit around the house. <laughs> and I jump off a couch. Um you know, I think with some special effects and some music, it could be very compelling. I got to I got to mention there's a weird <laughs> Uh, the 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 judge from my two dads, Florence Stanley, her uh, nephew writes our Spider-Man comic. Is that right? And he always reminds us about that. That's wild. Yeah. I I loved her. She was a really talented and funny, sweet, very cool, very cool woman. Um, that's so funny. I did not know that. Yeah, there's a whole world. You know, I I did. Uh, it's sort of tangential to to the Marvel world, but. My only dipping into into science fiction when I did Aliens, oh, right. which is 1985 or six, 85, and you know it was great fun. And I as one of those other ones that you go, this is going to be a big fat hit. And uh, that one I didn't have any doubts, so I was like, let me just do my part and make sure I don't <laughs> t- tilt the movie out of whack. But you know, and it was great. It came out and it was a big hit. I had no idea how many people out there in that whole world, you know. And this was last. Uh, a year ago, maybe it was two years ago, we went to, um, there was a, a uh, Comic-Con or Sci-Fi-Con thing in Calgary, and they got together the entire cast of Alien. So it was Sigourney Weaver and Bill Paxton and 
and Michael Bean when everyone was there. And we hadn't seen each other in 30 years as a group. And what was astounding to me was the the degree, the intensity of the fandom that pe- there was a guy said the people coming from all over the world. A guy flew in from France with a poster and, and like memorabilia. Like, well, how did you get that? He goes, oh, I knew somebody who knew somebody who got it from the prop department. Wow! <laughs> and one guy said, I, I watched that movie every Saturday morning for the last thirty years. I said, Well, you, it's time to get out of the house. I think you got to let go, loosen your grip a little bit. But uh, yeah, it was it it, it was a, it was an eye opener to me to see that world and to see the, 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 the level of commitment and, and concern. And also, the, it reminded me how well that movie holds up, that if people still, you know... And that movie particularly, because it actually affected, I think, a lot of other movies. A lot of action movies that followed took from Jim Cameron's lead there. I, I think I read somewhere where that movie, a lot of people couldn't divorce you as Paul Reiser from your character. Well, it's funny. At the time, I was not particularly known, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's sort of part of why I got the gig. I, I, I think I was not known, and to whatever degree I was known, it was in comedy, and I think he was looking for somebody who could be, hopefully be a mislead. Like, well, this guy can't be the bad guy. But I think, in fact, <laughs> the, minute, the minute I showed up, it's like it's like the guest star on Star Trek. Ah, right, this is wrong. Something is wrong here. Why is he here? Uh, it's going to go terribly wrong. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, you know, but my kids just watched it recently, a couple, a couple of years ago, and they said, we never knew that you once didn't have gray hair. And I was like, oh, yeah, I was, <laughs> I was 25 or mm-hmm. something. No, no, I was 30. I was 30 when we did that. So, um, yeah, Dad used to, before you kids aged me and sucked the life out of me, <laughs> I was vital and vibrant. Had they seen Diner? They did. Mm-hmm. Uh, also recently. They, they've gone a long way without any curiosity about that. <laughs> and they managed to go... Yeah, not interested. <laughs> and um, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, that they enjoyed Diner because it's it's a uh, it's a grown up movie in, in that it's it's, it's very slow paced, you know, and it's, it's a, and that was part of the problem uh, reaching a mass audience at the time. It was billed as a as a comedy. I mean, it was a comedy, but it was a very different, very fresh, very um, smart character comedy. At the time, which was what eighty two, the I mean the story that. Barry Levinson, the director, always tells us that at the time, they thought, the studios thought they were getting porkies. It's like, oh, wacky kids and they're learning about sex. And there was nothing like that mm-hmm. in the movie. And they kept saying, well, why are they talking about the sandwich for 20 minutes? So just give them the sandwich and get on with the story. And he would say, yeah, but there is no story. That's, that the story is these characters. So anyway, so I was surprised. I was, I was glad to see that the kids dug it. It's been so long since I've seen it, but the one thing I remember is the the... The, the popcorn. No, is that where you're going? No, I'm the um the uh, they're getting married and you never see the woman's right. face. Yes, you never see her at all. That blew my mind stylistically in a film. That's yeah. crazy. And then uh, you don't see her at all. She was off camera. And then finally the wedding. And then the wedding scene at the end, you just see her from behind. And the thinking was you haven't seen her, so now why you know let her be a myth because yeah. it's. The joke is she's so beautiful or she's so not beautiful. Right. Like why? Why? You, there's nothing going to be as interesting as whatever you're picturing. Uh-oh. And and the point of that movie was it almost doesn't matter because it's it was about guys, and, right? And your name here mm-hmm. and whoever mm-hmm. the lucky woman is who steps into that tribe. I want to ask too. On top of all this, you're filming your concussion as well. All this other stuff. You're doing stand up. Yes. How are you? Where Where do you find the time for all this? this is crazy. Right now, uh, I'm. I'm. Uh, <laughs> I couldn't think of the word. What's the word when you when they're on stage, in a, in a, like the 
<laughs> the joke is flown away. Um, you know, the stand-up, it's interesting. I started, and my only goal was to be a stand-up comic, and then I got really lucky, and I truly accidentally stumbled into the part of Diner, and that opened a lot of doors, and then I did uh, a show that I didn't mean to do that ended up leading to <laughs> Mad About You, and so all these wonderful things have happened, but my goal was never to be that guy. Um so my goal was always to get back and do stand-up, and it took me a long time. It's been it's only about three years now that I'm back out performing. And so people go, oh, I didn't know you did stand-up. I go, are you kidding? I go, well, why would you? It's been 20 years. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But but uh, So what I do now, it, it feels, it's sort of like uh, it was for me 25 years ago where I was, stand-up was my, my, my default. That's what I love doing. That's what I go out doing. When a great role comes along, I get to go and do that and and go out and then come back. Um, but I didn't quite realize how much I missed stand-up until I got back doing it. And it was, and much more so even than the first time, than, than the first go-round 30 years ago. I think uh, having done so much other stuff in film and TV, there's something so refreshingly simple about doing stand-up. You know, it's just uncluttered. It's you, whatever you think of, you deliver it, go home. There's no, there's no... Uh, organization. There's no studio. There's no involvement. It's that in itself was more appealing. But also just the idea of stuff that comes into your head that you've noticed that you're working out yourself. You know, listen to this crazy fight I had with my wife yesterday, and then people laughing go, "Okay, thank you. Okay, I feel so much better. Mm. It was a hell, it was a hell of a car ride I had yesterday with my wife. But now that you're laughing, I feel better about it. So it's beca- it's very cathartic and and uh, it, great fun for me. Have you, I mean, I, I've always heard stories where, like, if you don't do stand-up for a while, you get that itch. Did it just go away after a while? Yeah, they have an ointment now. Uh, <laughs> they have an ointment, which uh, it can mask it. Um, yeah, I had I had not done it for so long that it, it wasn't an itch, I, 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 but I just, it was my intention. And once I got back into it, I now find I, I, I can't go um, too long. If I go a week or two without getting on stage, A, I get the itch to do it, but also... It, it it it. I need it just to stay in shape. It's like working out. You know, mm-hmm. if you're a ball player, you gotta, you can't just show up at the game. You gotta you gotta maintain. So it's funny having taken off so long, uh, it changed instantly. That now if I if I can go you know a week without working, it, it, being on stage, and so I'll just go to the clubs in L.A. and just work out you know new material or just flex the muscle. Um, but you always learn something. That's the fun thing about it. You always polish a joke. You always just you always come back with something. And uh, you were on the Aristocrats too, right? <laughs> yeah, I was. My, yes, it was funny that uh, the Aristocrats. I, I, so many things are done with half a brain on my part. <laughs> like I, I remember the Aristocrats was my my buddy Paul Provenza uh, created that and directed it with with uh, with Penn Jillette. and I remember he called me. And he said, we're doing a thing. Would you want, we're doing a thing about a joke. And I loved the joke, and I loved the idea that he was doing a whole thing about one joke. I said, sure. I said, oh, I'm going to call you soon. And then it was about a year later. He said, I'm doing that thing. I said, what? The? Okay, sure, okay. We meet in my office, and he has a camera and a mic, and we talk about it for an hour. We talk about this joke. A year later, he says, well, come in, the movie's coming out. No, you know what happened? I remember, oh, this is even worse. <laughs> it came out exactly when the thing about my folks came out. Oh. <laughs> so I was, and this thing about my folks was my baby. That was, I worked and produced it. And and I was I was meeting with a, 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 a distributor, 
and uh, trying to get the film released. And he said, uh, hey, I saw your other movie. I said, what other movie? He goes, The Dirty One. And I'm going, oh, was there footage in a hotel room? What do you mean? the?" He said, That Aristocrat. I said, what? That's a movie? Did that come out? I had no idea. I was like, I chatted with my friend for an hour, and I had no idea that he was it was going to be such a <laughs> widely seen. It was great. I, I, th- I think that's such a great idea to take a joke and make a movie about one joke. But I remember like people would and people would talk about. I would go out and do publicity for my movie, and I say, Yeah, tell me about this other movie. I said, I'm not in that. Don't care about that movie. Don't talk about. It. But uh, it was really funny. I actually, I saw it, I only saw it once, and I saw it in a theater. He, he put together, like, all the comics were in it. So it was a house full of comedians, and it was just really joyful because everybody was really relishing and enjoying each other's tellings. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and George Carlin and Tommy Smothers. Was it Tommy Smothers was on it? Yes. Yes, the, both of the brothers were on it. And, and Carlin, and uh, it was just so fun to, to enjoy it with the people who you knew were getting all the subtleties and the nuance of it. It was a funny, it was a funny, funny movie. I, I have to mention too, um, you've written three books? Yes, so and I've read 12. you read 12 read, books, I've nice. read 12 books. And three of them were yours. Three of them are mine, so yeah. I've really read nine. Nine books. <laughs> um, any plans to do I'm gonna one? read another one this summer. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm waiting for, uh, you know, no plans, but I'm sure there will be someday. You know, there's a lot of stuff. The last book, which I was actually most proud of, uh, was called Familyhood. And it was 15 years after I'd written Babyhood. And so much life happened in then. And, you know, my kids grew up. And and, and there was a... It was the same, same, actually, the same sort of change that I noticed going back to stand-up. My perspective was different. You know, when you're in your 50s, it's very different than being in your 30s. And you, whether you're right or wrong or smart or not, you think you you have some perspective. You have a little bit of a take on the world. And uh, there were a lot of things that were in that book that were starting to be stand-up or there were going to be scenes in a show that I was working on. And I went, no, that really just wants to be a chapter. That's mm-hmm. you know, And writing gives you the opportunity to dip into colors that you wouldn't as a performer. It's like, well, it doesn't have to be laugh a minute funny. It does, and it can be doesn't have to be funny at all. You can write a really, and there were a couple of chapters in there that were just more sort of wistful and thoughtful. And uh, those are actually the ones I'm most proud of because they're like, wow, I would not have shared that, that color if it weren't for the opportunity of putting it out in a book. So I'm sure there's stuff, there'll be another book somewhere. Um, I want to ask too, I was, I was reading some interviews you did sort of recently, but I, I, I my, are you a big film buff? It seems like you know a lot about movies and I whatnot. know some things. Yeah. You got a tough question? I'm not, I'm not like a crazy film aficionado. Uh, I know some movies. Or just some of the interviews. I've been to the movies. Yeah, it seems like you've been to a lot of great... You were doing different genres and different eras and stuff, and it just that's what I assumed. Well, if you, you took away from that that I was clever... Just presume that. <laughs> All right. You don't have to delve into it and disprove it. <laughs> well, what are you... That's a good point. Yeah, um, just let the people think what, what you think. <laughs> what are you into? What the do you longer do? I talk, the, the worse I get. <laughs> what do you do for fun when you're not working? I guess you don't have much time when you're not working. I, there's a lot of time I'm not working. I, I You know, to me, I, I never understood active fun. To me... See, here's the thing. And as a parent, and as just as me being me, a goal is sitting down. If you get to sit down, because I was like before yesterday and before this interview, 1984 was the last time I actually sat, and you don't get to sit. So I, I, fun doesn't have to be a huge accomplishment. To sit and stare at a mountain uh, would be fun. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah. And always when people go, "What do you do for hobbies?" I go, 
I walk to the other side of the room and then I circle <laughs> back. You know, I don't have a big, big aspiration. I don't surf. I don't race cars. But you can say I do. Because you know what? That'll help me land the Marvel action movie. <laughs> oh, I got to mention that you said your son's a big Oh, fan. he's a big Marvel. Yeah. And I'm waiting. Oh, let me see. Hang yeah. on a second. That might be him buzzing in my pants. <laughs> or maybe I'm just happy to see you. Uh, wait a minute. Oh, this just in. So my son, five. Deadpool, Star Wars, love you. That was just for me. <laughs> Daredevil and Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, nice. Uh, I'm going to write back. What is love you? Not familiar. <laughs> this is not a sentiment you have shared. <laughs> All right. So um, I'd like you to, on the air, say that you're going to send me home with thousands of dollars worth of stuff that my son Done, will enjoy. Done, of course. Um, I don't know how much you can provide my other son. Um, enjoy strippers? Uh, we might have a room you know, with whatever. that. I Again, don't know. You know, whatever, whatever you have. Don't, don't <laughs> knock yourself out. But if it's sitting around the office, if there's a stripper <laughs> with a Marvel hat. Have you ever, uh, do you, I'm just curious, I, I think it'd be crazy to have Paul Reiser, uh, at a, have you ever been to a Marvel movie with him? Do you guys go to the movies together? Yes, but, but he now knows that I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I, I just get, here's what I've learned. Because I, I, okay, my, my. You you slept through Star Wars. I, so not the whole movie. <laughs> well, I would doze off periodically. Um, but only because I, I don't care. Um, but I, I, like my friends, an adult friend, a guy who I, I respect, said, go see Guardians of the Galaxy. It is fantastic. You're going to love it. He goes, and it's not, I wouldn't even say it's a funny action movie. It's just, it's a funny movie and there's action. And so I, and I, it only made a billion dollars. So I knew it was good. Four different naps in that movie. And, and he said, are you kidding? He said, he, and my friend said, he said, you know, if you died tomorrow, there would be no one else live, alive, who did not enjoy that film. You're the only person who did not. I said, no, I enjoyed it. I just don't care. I said, and I realized, and I, and I was sort of forced, like, well, how can I be so lame and so alone on this that movies, and I realized I don't like things that didn't happen. Or that couldn't happen, and like I, I, I see, I can see Star Wars. I go, that's fantastic. It's so well done. And though I'm not versed in it, I understand and can see that the mythology and the the symbol that, that is so rich that is keeping generations entertained. Yeah, not for me. Um, and I'll watch the smallest little movie and go, yeah, okay, well at least that could happen. But I realize I'm the same way, and it's it, it has to be an age thing. I mean, I was a kid. Well, I was a little kid. I mean, I loved Superman. I loved Batman, and I, I didn't. It didn't grow with me. But I was, I was noticing, like reading books. I, I noticed my, my attention span, and I don't know if it's because my brain, the brain goes when you get older, or you just see death coming that you don't want to waste any valuable time. So I find like I can't. <laughs> Like my wife is an avid reader, and she's reading this, and and, and she'll she'll suggest a book, and I go, I can't read it, and I'll read. The only books I'll read, I notice, are biographies, and I'll read history books or current events. I can't read fiction, and I realize it's because it didn't happen. And I'll get into it, and I'll go, well, this is fantastic. And I'll go, whoa, 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 hang on a second. Did this happen? And they'll go, no. I go, well, then don't waste my time. I, 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 have, I can barely hold on to what's happening. So to make up new stuff is only going to confuse me and use up valuable, you know, drive space in my head. Are you a big documentary fan? Though? I love a documentary because mm -hmm. I know that happened. You see what I'm saying? That's true, yeah. I just want honesty. <laughs> <laughs> if it didn't I, happen. No, people, so, yes, aliens, I understand that didn't happen, but it could happen. And, but, but also, <laughs> also it, it was real-ish people, and you're watching real dynamics. 
yeah, you know what I mean? I don't know. I'm going to get letters and people go, what's wrong with you, you anti-American <laughs> They're going to tweet you. They're yeah. going to tweet at no, you. No, by the way, but I salute it. I don't criticize it. I mm-hmm. just, it's like people go, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm going to try and think of a food, but I'm going to offend more people. You know, <laughs> like people, well, you don't like Cracker Jacks? No, I get it. I get the Cracker Jack. Not for me. You don't like the prize? That's the worst part because you can choke <laughs> on that. And then, by the way, it ain't that good. You know um, I, I like, you know, I, I generally I don't like surprises in my food. That's fair. Yeah. Like, sur- you don't see that. I like surprise soup. You would never see surprise <laughs> soup because you don't need that. Uh, I, I, I always love asking this, too. It's, it's, obviously, you know, the comedy world's so, like, tight, a big family. Is there anybody, who's the, the couple comedians that you got to meet doing comedy that were big to you? I know you were on Carson a bunch. Yeah, that was that was a, 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 a thrill. That was that was a getting on the Carson show for the first time with Johnny was a a, a validation forever that I don't think exists anymore. And mm. then like obviously somebody coming up now, it's a big thrill to get on Jimmy Fallon. So it's a big thrill to get on you know with anybody, uh, but it didn't have the same universality because it's it's. Um, the landscape was much narrower, and he was he loomed so large, and he was, you know, I'm working on a project that's sort of about Carson, uh, the Carson show, and and uh, and oh, wow. in the early years in the '70s, and one of the things that keeps jumping out at me is how the world of television viewing was so different 30, 40 years ago, even 20 years ago, when you couldn't record things. So you you like this guy, you got to stay up late. And he literally tucked you in, you know, and he was part of your life. And it wasn't as casual, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll skim through the parts I like, and no, you got to watch the show. Mm. And uh, that that environment doesn't exist anymore. But, yeah, he was obviously a huge, huge uh, uh, part of uh, any comedian's life. But, you know, for me growing up, George Carlin was huge, and Robert Klein was huge, and David Brenner, who is largely unheralded, but he was a big influence, too, because he was just so prolific and so funny. Um, and just a great craftsman, you know, and, and Steve Martin, which, which wasn't, you know, I can sit and marvel at Steve Martin going, well, I, I can't do that. That's a whole other, that it didn't, I didn't relate to it, but I could certainly be entertained. And, you know, he was genius, his genius. Was it, um, I know you mentioned this before, but getting back into stand-up, was it, how long did it take to kind of, did you have like an, a, a hard hour now? Or did you start with like five minutes? Yeah, no, I started started with five minutes, yeah. and it was just just the same journey as when I started when I was nineteen. Like you get a few minutes together, and and then it grow it would grow. And I remember when I started, I was I was so proud. I got ten. This is you know three years ago, four years ago. And I got ten minutes together, and and I said, how how long is a whole show? Like an hour. I go, oh, I can never do that. <laughs> so now you know now actually the hard part is getting small again. I go out and do an hour and a half, and, and it's like oh it's so fun, and and uh, but it took it took a good year to get uh, an hour of material and, and to get the muscle back where I felt like, okay, I can stand on stage and entertain. And uh, so, yeah, so I'm having a ball going out there and, and uh, getting laughs, and, and then if they call me for a movie, I go, and then I come back. It sounds great. Like, you've already been through it. You've been, th- like, through that hard comedy realm, and now you're doing it again, but you know it's not going to just, your floor's a, not going to fall under you. Yeah, and it's a different goal, you know. I, I think at the time, like, the end of your rainbow is The Tonight Show. And like, well, I'm going to get there, and then some magical things will happen. And 
going back now, it was there was no goal. It was just for the love of it. And uh, it was funny when I w- first went back into the clubs a few years ago. Younger comics would see me go, "Hey, well, what are you what are you doing here? You working on a special?" I said, "No, you got a Tonight Show spot or something?" No. Well, why are you here? <laughs> I go just to do it. And I go, "We don't understand." You're like, "But if there's no goal," I said, "No, this is the goal: getting up and sharp, sharpening that joke, getting that line, putting the that's the fun of it." So uh, it, it's it's a it's a it's a great joy to be on stage again. That was going to be another question. Is there special? No, I, I haven't. Uh, no, I haven't thought about doing it. You know, I, there there are different schools of thought, and <laughs> I kind of lean towards. Yeah, but once you do that, you got to throw out all that material, mm. <laughs> and the, the that's the bad news. The good news is it'll make you write the next hour, but uh, we'll see. Is that what happens though? You after you do a special, you throw out everything. No, or? some people do. Some people mm-hmm. do. I know. It seems. I, well, I don't know. For I only see. I've only seen the specials. But you know, Chris Rock and and Louis C.K. seem to go hole up somewhere, write an hour and a half of brilliant stuff, tape it in an hour, and I don't know how long they do that on the road. But it sure seems like they're generating new stuff. And that's. It's it's hard. You know, it's on one hand, you the longer you do it, it's easier to write material, but you also throw out more, and your standards change. So. It's still it's still the same percentage of getting stuff that makes you excited and go oh I can't wait to do this bit, but that's still the cookie when you you know when you come up with an idea and say can't wait to do that tonight that's the fun. That's awesome. I, I don't I think I I talked about bye bye love. I talked about my two dads. Did, you didn't, but you don't need to. Uh, <laughs> oh, I mentioned my two. You dads. mentioned on the yeah. way. You got my thing about my folks. It's not, you hit everything. Uh, <laughs> anything else you want to touch on before we, we did go? Red Oaks? The Red Oaks Amazon. What else? Is there anything? Yes, well, that's yeah. That's the one that's so big that it's. I just let it just. Yeah. No, it's okay. Off. No, it's you know yeah. it's funny. I I didn't know, going out and doing stand up and and meeting audiences afterwards and and invariably people would come over and say, how come I can't get season six and seven and five? I went, what do you mean you can't? I have them. And then they said, no, they're unavailable. And I did some digging and found out, yeah, there was some some little legal problem with some of the. So it was like the last three or four years had never been released. So we uh, we worked it out and uh so they're finally coming out with a full box set um of the whole series the whole series wow. of all seven and uh, seven seasons the only bad news is people can go wow you were younger <laughs> you know that's gonna be the downside my god he was thin so i, I have so I, I it's coming out uh, this spring so i have four months to lose 50 pounds in 25 <laughs> years i just gotta chisel 25 up 25 years. years and then i'll be fine you have some uh so on imdb you got some film projects yeah, Anything I got a bunch. Talk about. Uh, you know, I got a bunch of films coming out, but uh, she's giving me the sign. <laughs> um, um, yeah, a movie coming out with Kevin Bacon in in May. It's called The Darkness. Sounds like it should be up your alley. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark. There are some spooky things in there. I'm into it. I don't, but I don't, I'm not dark or spooky. Um, and there's a really fun movie called War on Everyone that's coming out uh, sometime in spring, and uh, by a great filmmaker named John McDonough who did The Guard. With Don Cheadle, the movie *The Guard* is British filmmaker, and and uh, one of my favorite movies called *Calvary*, which not enough people saw. It was a really beautiful movie of, uh, about two years ago, and a uh, couple of things in the works which I'll have to come back and tell you about. Please, we'd love that. And I want my cape. I want right. my my Super Paul cape. You don't need a cape. You I don't, have, do I? I mean, if you want a cape, we'll give you a cape. But I mean. Things have changed with superheroes. So now. I, I could, well, I'd have to get some sort of uniform, some sort of. Oh, league. of course. Yes, of course. I couldn't just go like as is. No, very well, few superpowers are like come as you are. You got to <laughs> change, right? 
I mean, we're open to it. What would know? my superpower be if you were pitching? And I'm mm. assuming I'm assuming you are the head guy at Marvel. Otherwise, why of would course. I be speaking to you? I mean, of course. <laughs> what would I? you? I mean, I would ask you that because oh, it can be a very existential question if mm. you think about it. Well, I, 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 I can't believe. Do we have time? No, we have to. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's fine. I just thought of this bit because I do this bit in my act. My son was reading a comic book, and he he turned to me and he said, "Dad, if you could have." Any superpower, what would you choose? I said, well, I, I don't know. What do they have? Because I wasn't familiar. <laughs> he said, well, like for instance, would you want to? Would you want to fly or be invisible or would you want to? You know, uh, shoot fire out your fingertips. <laughs> this is how I know I've gotten older. I said, and I wasn't even kidding. This is which is why this is so sad. I said, if I could have any superpower, I would love to have enough energy <laughs> to make it through an afternoon. <laughs> he said, that's so lame. That's not even a superpower. I said, well. It would be for me, because generally 4.15 or 4.30, I start to go downhill. He said, why don't you have a protein bar? I said, I end up still tired just with extra protein. <laughs> the fatigue is so so enormous that it repels the, the protein. So that so I don't know if that's a movie, but if there's about a guy who every day around 4.30 is still peppy. <laughs> is that something? I'm into it. Can we pitch it? I feel that same way, too. And then so. he could have a... A big, you know, shirt, and it says Peppy Guy, PG. <laughs> and oh, it's a PG movie. Is that who you want to be? You want to be? Well, it might might read, you know. People might think, oh, it's a, it's about a Latin superhero. <laughs> no, not Peppy, 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 not Pepe, Peppy. Pepe. You have to be very sure. You know, they go, wait a second, this guy's not Latin at all, <laughs> and they'd be disappointed. Um, <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, we're, but we're you know, I'm open. Is... It doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. If you want to make him Peppy at three o'clock, I'm open to that. <laughs> Um, but I would love to have some surprising superpower. If for no other reason, I would gain respect and or uh, admiration for my son, or at least you know pretend. It is funny. We've had a couple comedians pop into role. Like Gary Shandling was in Captain America. That's right. Which was that's uh, right. I could do that. Yeah, I could be the yeah. non-superpower <laughs> guy with suit. But no. Now, now that we're speaking about it, I, I would. I, I need some kind of strength. What's well, on record now? So yeah. It's, and by the way, anybody with suggestions, and it doesn't have to be a useful, uh, <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be destructive. Like, what if my power is, he could open cans that most guys couldn't. <laughs> so, like, can he hurt people? No, but you'd have supper on time. That's fair. How'd you yeah. open that? My dad is super can. <laughs> super can. Yeah, super can. <laughs> well, it's on record, so Done. it's got to happen. This is um, very fun. Let me uh, pitch your, you're on Twitter. I am. Um Mr. Paul Reiser. There's no Mr. I'm, it's I'm just hoping Paul so. Reiser. <laughs> legendary. Uh, legendary. No Paul legendary. Reiser. Just Paul Reiser. I didn't have to put in a qualifier. The real, not the bogus. Just actually my name. And uh, your website has the Santa. PaulReiser.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it has my dates. You can look up. Uh, and then on my website, it shows meals that I've eaten, pictures of food that I've enjoyed. So you'll be covered. You check in there and all your Paul Reiser needs. And by the way, and I'm not kidding, feel free to pitch because I think if we get a little groundswell here, I'm in a Marvel movie, 2018. And everything you're in is great, so it would help Hello. us, you know? Seems like a no-brainer. Yep. All right. I'm t- and I got to tell fans, listen, the thing about my folks... Bye bye love. Everything is just wonderful. Keep it's it unbelievable. Up. I'm like Midas, really. Yeah. You touch it and it turns to crap. Yeah. But <laughs> crap. Uh, the opposite. <laughs> um, but thank you, man. I, I, it's so nice of you to be uh, familiar with things that I have done. This was a huge pleasure. Thank you again. My pleasure. This is Marvel, your universe.